Hey listeners, before we get to episode 13 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast, I'd like to talk about a minute about our sponsor, Rocky Mountain PC. Uh, Brian at Rocky Mountain PC uh, is a friend of mine. Uh, he's a good guy. I've bought some uh, equipment from him, uh, mostly the computer that I use to the laptop that I use to um, uh, put together this podcast, edit the podcast in Audacity, and the computer that uh, I'll be using when I do the, any post editing for the videos. Um, I urge you to, if you're in the Denver area, check out the website, uh, check out what he can do. He's a good guy, he comes by his work honestly, he has good prices. So, if you're, in, and especially if you're into uh, PC gaming, uh, he can put together a rig for you uh, that will blow your mind. So, uh, now on to our episode. Thanks for listening. This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King, and Carl Anderton. Episode 13, I Remember Being Sad. All right, welcome. This is episode 13 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton. Uh, what are we going to do today, John? Well, with our 13th episode, we're going to celebrate with a focus on chaos. After all, isn't the number 13 a chaos-tainted number? <laughs> Space Marines got our attention last episode, so for this one we'll talk about Zarathur, Kugoth, and the up- upcoming Barzul, the Hatebound, as well as some chaos lore. All right, cool. Um, so uh, last week, or last time we talked about what i was been reading, I, I've been reading this, and I, it's in the car, I haven't showed you, but I've been reading this... Uh, uh, Sabat Crusade anthology, right. mm-hmm. and it has, for the most part, it has Space Marine and, and, and Dawn's Ghost stories in it, right? But there's have been two chaos stories, two chaos centric characters, maybe three. But I got to the third one, or I got to the one that I'm on now, and I kind of stopped because I gotta admit, for whatever reason, dude, like it's really creepy just reading a chaos <laughs> story. <laughs> like, like I just. You know, it's like this very meta thing. I, I, I realize that. I, I, I realize it's probably pretty freaking nerdy, too. But, wow, like, chaos. <laughs> oh, it's great. You know, they're talking about, you know, how they yeah. how bloody themselves and how they want more blood and how <laughs> one one of the stories opens up with he wishes his skull was was deeper in his in his body so that he could... Get deeper into his body to offer more blood to 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 his. Is this, uh, is this blood packed members? Is yeah, blood packed yeah, guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. That's to, right. To, yeah. So <laughs> so he's talking about his skull being very very tough, but he, <laughs> that he has managed to that he talked about managing to inscribe some some uh, symbols in his skull. <laughs> wow! Like that's. <laughs> That's, I don't know about just reading this. It's just a little raw, man. It, um, right? I can see, you know, your kid's going, Daddy, will you tell us a bedtime story? Well, <laughs> well this is, this is, I was going to say, this is an old, old um, classic one there. Was When I worked for GW, they had a little a point shortly after the Dark Eldar became popular. And they're all, we're going to put an official um, official uh, announcement out that we um, do not condone while, while we do, while we depict such acts as torture and slavery, we do not condo- <laughs> condone slavery. We understand this is a um, a fairly touchy subject for a group of people, understandably. And the, all this kind of like, we've realised where this is going, and yeah, we may need to say, by the way, that's not cool. Like, yeah. at, at the time, just because was, we write about this, please don't yeah, do this. There's a lot, there was a lot of modelling of people in chains on 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 vehicles and stuff because that was Dark Elder's deal. I mean, there were a few minis, minis that did that. So immediately, G- Games Workshop was like. 
Yeah, we better say something about that. So, you know, yeah. So I haven't seen the Mad Max trailer, but oh. <laughs> or the Mad Max movie. I think I'm going to go see it this weekend. But it, out of the trailers, isn't there like people that are chained to the vehicles? Well, of Mac, the Max spends the first half of the film, barring a little intro se- sequence, on the front of one of the cars yeah. with a, with a um, Hannibal mask, pretty much. On. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like watching the whole sequence from there, you know, until it breaks free. Yes, yeah. basically. So. Oh, and and, and the, whenever because I, I I agree with you, Tobin. I've read those those treachery space marines, and they were talking about you know gouging themselves, not even just ritualistically scarring. Though they talk about ritualistically scarring that, and that was that was tame compared to some of the other stuff they 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 were describing. And it just reminded me of the first Hellraiser movie, where you see the chains and the hooks come out. And latch into the guy, and things pull in. It's like, don't eat or read this at night. To be fair, that is that is very chaos. It's also particularly if you look into it, it's very Dark Eldar. Yeah, Dark Eldar and Cenobites are extremely close. Friend of mine who's a big Hellraiser fan in general, a big Clive Barker fan, and he was like, "Yeah, I can see all this." (laughs) Well, that was one of the that um, uh, a number of podcasts ago when I when I was covering going to be covering overnights and I needed some some stuff to keep me awake and I was asking for movies and lore and things to read that were that was Warhammer 40k reminiscent people talked about uh, Ultramarine they talked about uh, a, a couple of different uh, uh, YouTube sites and, and somebody said Hellraiser Hellraiser is is chaos and Dark Eldar and it's like yeah, I remember that movie back in when I first saw it, and, I'm like, and I, I watched it again. I'm like, yeah, it is still creepy as hell. Oh yeah, man, it, it holds up. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, yeah, that, besides being creeped out by the stories I read, I mean, the, there's in the for those of you who are reading the Gaunt's Ghost stuff, there's a kind of a civil war brewing now between the Sons of Sek and the uh, Blood Pact. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we get a little bit more insight there. Uh, there have been a couple of books where the character's viewpoint, uh, uh, Chaos character's viewpoint has been represented in, in Gaunt's storyline. So those are cool. Um, they're just different. Like you're all, It's not like reading a maybe a serial killer novel where you're reading about the serial killer themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're reading from their point of view and then maybe the investigating cop's point of view. It's not kind of that. It's... It's so much more like primal, like mm. for me. Like you have the Imperial Guard who are human, right? Or Space Marines, which are post-human, whatever it might demigod be. Demigod human. Demigod human. But then you go to chaos, and that's like a like on a genetic. Like it just seems more primal of a difference. Mm. Serial killer. I want to see the serial killer die, but you know, it's really weird how that. So uh, you were saying you're saying then the Abnett's writing good stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not necessarily <laughs> it's not Abnett. It's in his universe, yes, but he has other writers writing these. Oh yeah, yeah. The Space Marine anthology was all yeah, yeah. all short stories, and they were all wonderful. Yeah. It's worth making a good comment about Abnett stuff, particularly in Gaunt's Ghosts, that a lot of his depictions of chaos are fairly unusual. Until him, we didn't get any look at chaos in terms of being any sense of civilization. And like um, Gaunt actually makes the comment when he goes behind enemy lines that his view of chaos is just the guys on the front line. Here are the Richard the fanatical troops. Here are the um, scarred, scarred warriors. Here are the chaos marines. That's all he saw. Then he gets a look at what happens when a planet is actually taken. And while it is awful and horrible the way the chaos runs things, because they're an occupying force and they're completely despotic, he gets a look at how the average person lives in that situation. 
And so yeah. that's an unusual view when you start to see the, the non-combatants, non you know, chaos, chaos magisters that are like, you know, clerks and things like that yeah. in the way they operate. So his view is a little unusual. Should make that clear. Most yeah, of the yeah. most of the 40k stuff purely focuses on the front line, absolute crazies. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving to news out of FFG briefly. Um, so uh, you guys, we are, we've already talked. I've talked about it with each of you, but we saw the new orc. Uh, Warlord Gorzod, Gor Gor yeah, Gorzod. He he will present a great deal of fun. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, a space wolf's predator in an orc deck, <laughs> a land raider in an orc deck, chimeras in an orc deck, and not only that, but you get to put the vehicles, those those space marine and imperial guard vehicles, right? And then they cost one less. Yeah. So you're looking at what's the Valkyrie instead three. of a four, 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 one command icon. It's a three, yeah, four, flying. four, flying with one yeah. command icon. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine my it's orcs insane. are going to be, my orcs are going to, I, I, I want a little recorder <laughs> when I play that deck <laughs> that has Bogner's Ride of the Valkyries. When one of those hits the tables, I am going to, you know, it's yeah, going to be like Apocalypse yeah. Now. Yeah, that's cool. Well, um, having looked at when I initially saw this, obviously the land raid immediately jumped to everyone's mind. Right, right, right. But the Russ, the Lehman Russ. Yeah. It's what, five costs? No, four costs, isn't it? Lehman Russ is. Well, no, it's five costs. Yeah, no, yeah, but after this Lehman Russ is. So it's four costs. So after yeah. modification, it's a four cost, three, five, or six. But it's three command icons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's loyal. But it's loyal. Is so it loyal? Play it. The Russ, yeah. the Russ, the Russ one we can't do? Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't think you second. can do. Because the Lehman Russ is an uh, Imperial Guard, right? Yeah. 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 Is it loyal? Yeah, checking. I think. I, yeah, the Raider was definitely. I did a search on CardGameDB yesterday for loyalty stuff. Yeah, Lehman Russ is loyal. Okay, fair play, but the raid is still crazy. And the basilisk is not the shrieking basilisk. The basilisk you can that's play. That's concerning yeah. as hell too. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, you, you're looking at Morty and Hellhound, uh, two command icons, three three for three. Air, Air effect one. Yeah. Right. Air Steel effect. Legion Chimeras for two. <laughs> right. Assault Valkyries for three. It's uh, it's a uh, the shrieking basilisk for five. You know. Chimera backing up that That's all, probably all that. makes that worth it, but oh, yeah, just, oh. just one or two of those in there. The Chimera guarding all your orc stuff. Oh, you know, loads of cheap Chimeras guarding all your orc stuff. Yeah, you know. Well, the Shrieking Basilisk. I mean, I played against it against you. Yeah, I played. Week, I played. Right? A, and, I got it out too late. And um, but what it what that can do is force you to uh, use. Your, because it exhaust when it does damage to an enemy unit, you can exhaust the support, right? Mm -hmm. So it forces your opponent to use their support maybe earlier than they intend to, right? At the ideal time, yeah. It, so I that's mean, a good that's a good counter. Like, well, it's yeah, range but it's not it's not very powerful, but it's good. But it's a range one too, so it also forces it before regular combat turn. So depending on the depending on the use of the of the support, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Or so something yeah, like yeah. Cato's Stronghold or Holy Sepulchre, where you trigger that after something oh, dies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Yeah, you know, that's good. Not even that kind of channel outpost. That's, well, oh, Catacan, you, you can tap at any time. Yeah, you can just say, okay, yeah, you get so plus two attack. Exactly, but, then right, but, you, you're, but still, you're, forcing, you're still forcing the order out. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, forcing yeah, yeah. it. It's like, which one are you? Which one are you going to give Catacan? Great. Now he's taking three range. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so. and, and they'll exhaust a second one because you've never got one. Yeah, let's be honest here. You know, never got one. And then, and then the other piece of news is that. That it looks like Great Devourer uh, went to on the boat in the FFG. Now, what Ooh, that means, that. it means on the boat. That doesn't, <laughs> you know, this page has been rife with, with errors before. 
Um, we, as, as always, we fully expect it at Gen Con, but now we can, I think we can get it, we can expect it, uh, if not in that window at Gen Con in a couple of weeks, which it probably won't be in the stores uh, that quickly, but uh, it might be uh, mid-August. Yeah, so. a fair bet as always on the boat is six weeks realistically, six weeks to, six weeks to, to store. So yeah, yeah, yeah mid-August yeah. or mid, mid to late August, which is about yeah. what we estimate. So, so and, and that's that's a that's a long time without new cards, mm-hmm. right? We got new cards. I think the last pack came out in May. May. So that will have been three months without new cards, and that's it's a long time. It's but it's offering like I, I'm playing decks I wouldn't probably have touched. Right, I'm playing. I tried a Emperor's Warrant deck that failed miserably. You know, after about a seven or eight tries, I realized I couldn't play Emperor's Warrant correctly. <laughs> like, wow, this really just sucks. <laughs> I have to be somewhere different, and you have to have two units. So, which is rough. Around the cafe, um, people are watching the skies right now. Everyone's all wait, waiting to see what Devara does, and maybe they'll play a ton of and who's going to. Oh, is that right? Is that yeah. right? Okay, yeah. okay. It's picking up. It's picking up a total escape. Um, uh, we've got one gentleman uh, picked up some stuff, and he's he seems to be into it. Uh, another netrunner player is going to pick it up next week. Um, so it's it's growing. It's growing. Where we are. Okay, so on to the meat of this episode, which is uh, meat and blood. Of yeah, this meat, episode, meat, right? meat. Which is which are the chaos warlords. So we have Kugoth, we have Zarathur, who's the corset Kugoth, who came out in the Scourge, and then we, we're even going to talk about Barzul a little bit because he's just <laughs> deserving of that kind of weirdness. Um, so, what do we think of these guys? I, I think. You know, Kugoth recently took the Team Covenant uh, regionals. Um, Zarathur has taken a few regionals, including the one here in Denver. Um, I would expect that Barzul could come in. Chaos just has a lot of that direct damage stuff. Uh, plenty of plenty of events to use as shields to double as shields. Uh, what do you guys think? I play Zarathur as my standard at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I still think I haven't quite mastered the game of when to keep a flamer alive and when not to just explode it on the spot, which normally is Zarathur's at the planet and kaboom. But as you say, the ability to deal additional damage, their um, their resets in the form of warp storm, their defensive abilities, um, without even looking at the signature, Celeste's temptation. Yeah. Is just a, oh, yeah. That, that, that card. That yeah. card balances. Like I said, I think that card won. That card won won the Kugoth player. The regional. That's um, just a crazy, crazy card. I mean, I mean, when I first, when I first started playing Conquest, I liked the Chaos units, but I was really meh on Zarathur. It's like, oh, okay, great, you know. Um, no, no offense to Brad. I mean, I know it's based on one of his guys. I mean, I, I've come to appreciate <laughs> Zarathur. Uh, but at first, uh, when I was when I was first looking at it, I was like, okay, well, that's really cool. I really love these units. These units are phenomenal. And um, probably the warlord that came out that I really liked out of the core set that I that I really wanted to play first was the orc warlord Nasdrak. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, I see that brutal. Okay, he's going to fit my style kind of thing. Zarathur, like I said, I've grown in much appreciation. But when Kugoth hit, when I when he was spoiled, I was kind of like, wow. Okay, I I see a whole lot of things going on with Kugoth that I, I really wanted to wanted to play with. And I just, I just, uh, that's what really kind of got me playing Chaos more and then brought 
my appreciation of Zarathur up. In the, 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 the thing about Zarathur, which I think you're kind of brushing up against there, is that he generally works best with either lots of smalls or AoE. Mm -hmm. They're the two things he loves most. He wants lots of small units to keep multiplying up that bonus, that ability, to keep getting as many instances as possible. Or he just wants a blood letter or a, a, a tiny AoE to smack you through ridiculous damage multiplication. Yeah. You know, yeah. Both of those just benefit him hugely. Well, the only AoE he has access to is... Well, the vicious blood is letter. the vicious blood letter, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, if and, and then of course, the and then, and then, yeah, yeah, and then there's and then there's a a Nurgle with the black uh, grenade, yeah, black grenade, yeah, black yeah. grenade. I mean, that's Nurgles. that's basically why he hasn't been given a squad guardians equivalent. It would just be horrifying. Well, that or I mean, yeah. I I think, and that's kind of one of the reasons, one of the things that's going to be interesting about about um, the new orc warlord, uh, <laughs> because orcs don't have AOE, mm -hmm. right? Am I, I missing? Think so. it's not prevalent, but the more yeah. the hellhound becomes cheap and right, well, well, at that point, well yeah. and that's the thing. So, so you don't have you don't have these orc, you have these orcs out that are going to be tough anyway, and then you have AOE. That was going to be a, I think, a really tough combination to beat. And now we have a warlord that's going to be like, look, I can have AOE in my deck now, and it's like, ooh, boy, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and that's <laughs> one of the things I love. But uh, I got to admit, um, the one I'm most like I said, I usually try to avoid spoilers, but you guys started talking about this, and then I looked at him, <laughs> and I, I, I had to I had to read all his cards. Bar Barzul, Bar Arzul. Uh, I think there's three syllables in that. You know, the Haypound. Wow. Oh. Well, in the in the preview, they talk about the fact that f for the first time, really, there's an ins there's a a real compelling reason to use remove damage from a target unit on something that isn't your unit mm -hmm. right you yep. use you go to that planet uh and i can't remember which one it is now yeah. but um yep, it's not it's, enemy it's, it's remove it from a target unit damage, yeah, yeah. yeah from oh i had i had some i had somebody <laughs> remove five damage from from uh kugath to avoid the iridial yeah if, if yeah that, to avoid the that, that, that is that is very powerful but tiny bit niche or in his case it's coming yeah you know yeah if he's on four damage you're like yeah maybe i will <laughs> well because <laughs> he can go ahead take, and that warlord he takes all the damage he can take all the damage from his units as long as his units don't die he can take the damage right mm -hmm. so anybody who hasn't seen the spoilers yet this guy, he's a he's a warlord. Uh, he's a seven seven, so you're gonna get seven resources, seven cards to start the game. But to start the game, he's a zero five, right? That you know, his reactions after you control it, this planet takes damage. Move all that damage to this warlord. Boy, that sounds great. You're, you're looking at that. You're like, why would I do that? Because then you don't realize you turn it over onto the bloodied side. He's now a three eleven, <laughs> bloodied. He's the only warlord that gets better the angrier he has become. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then, so so to counter that, of course he has his signature squads and all that good stuff. However, it should be pointed out that his signature attachment, the Butcher's Nails, attached to your warlord, it's one cost, three seals of course, attached to your warlord, attached unit gains brutal while it's hail. So while he's 0-5, he's brutal, right? Oh, but then while he's 3-11... Attached unit gains armor bane while it is bloodied. So he is now a 311 armor bane guy. So uh, armor bane is not completely just isolated to Cato with his signature um, attachment. Attachment. The, the and, and yeah, to let to to blah 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 blah. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, and then or Anshi. Um, when this guy hits, armor bane will definitely be a thing. <laughs> um, so it, it should be 
So you almost want to, you almost want to just avoid him getting bloodied. But you can't, right? If he plays all those units, uh, you know, when he, he can go to he can go to Nurglings. Like, oh, I guess the Nurglings are, are signature squad for Kugas. So Bla- Plague bearer. Gleeful Plague Bearer. Gleeful Plague Bearer. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would t- yeah like, weenie, 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 Gleeful Plague Bearer. Everybody takes damage. Well, wait, you mean Gleeful Plague Beast or the... Kuga- Gle- sorry, Gleeful Plague Beast, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. so Gleeful Plague Beast yeah. with three other units. So you have the Gleeful Plague Beast, the Warlord, and three other units. Mm-hmm. As long as those units don't die when the Plague Beast hits them, the Warlord is automatically bloodied. So yeah, damage. so that like, so that's definitely take a, a point. damage. Boom, take a damage. Boom, take a damage. Boom, take a damage. I'm bloodied. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that well, that, that is de- that is definitely a, that is definitely a point then for thinking <laughs> that we'll we'll visit when we go to how to beat him when we talk about Bar Bar Arzul. <laughs> um, but the uh, if the unit takes enough damage and dies, you cannot trigger his reaction. Correct. Yeah. So you got because it's a reaction. It's not an interrupt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's all or nothing. If right. you're gonna kill, if you're gonna hit something, kill it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. one. That's one of the ones against him. I mean, look at the other toys in here as well. Um, Blood to the Blood of God. And um, we'll, I'll talk about Corn a little bit later on. With him, um, the chaos stuff in general. This is this is his this is his battle cry: dealer damage to each undamaged unit at a target planet, which is comedically nasty anyway, and only triggers into his effect there. Yep. So it should be noted that the Emperor protects, which is an often cited. Um, saying amongst the conquest community which is you know our tagline mm-hmm. uh, and blood for the blood god which is another <laughs> tagline for many in the community are now cards <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna and see they're signature cards right? so that makes sense yeah yeah you've got his his signature unit actually is the one that makes me cackle most of all here because this is where the conversation gets a little more a little more interesting on bloodying him or not they're a two three three cost um, two, five. Two, two five two five sorry yeah three two cost five. Yeah, action, deal two damage to this unit to have it get plus two attack for its next attack phase, i.e. charge at Barzul and swing for four. Yeah. Which is yeah. fantastic. Yep. Um, that, the Space Hulk, which I think is one of, the, one of the scariest things we've seen in some time, presumably going to be the one-off alongside the Butcher's Nails, looking at it. And a... Yes. Excuse me. Um, I'm, I'm not going to try out the name. Carex? Arimius? <laughs> yeah. Arimius? Yeah. Carex? Correct. So, we'll, again, we'll mention Space Looks a bit in when we talk about uh, chaos, chaos and the Warp in a little second. But, um, yeah. A combat action exhausts support to resolve a battle with a non first planet without a warlord. Use this ability only if no battle has been initiated this phase. So, if you do want to keep him rolling and keep damage off him, there's one easy way. If the, if the opposing warlord hasn't gone over there and. Just the the utility of that ability. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. God. So you're gonna have to trigger it before the battle of the first planet goes. But, but still. still. <laughs> oh yeah. No no yeah. no. I mean yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a phenomenal thing because can you imagine, you know, especially Planum's out because Planum's the one where each player puts a puts a unit into play at their HQ. Right. 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 So if your warlord's not there, oh look, let's go ahead and do that anyway. Yeah. Soul Soul Grinder. Wow. Right. Yeah, you know. Or or you can or you can do something you can trigger the, the move planet. Yeah, the yes. move planet's right? another great mm-hmm. one. Oh, the, that's another big um, one. Yep. The heal planet. If you've got a unit that's if you're if your fish's blood letter has got has got has got Planum is the move one. Yeah, mm-hmm. has got four damage on it and is gonna die because they have initiative mm-hmm. and you're not gonna get that AoE and you trigger this thing to heal him. Yeah. You're yeah. like, Okay, great. Now you know, you're still yeah. gonna take the, the, the same other side AOE. of that. 
keep in mind, if, you, if you're going for the bloodied method, your warlord is going to have 11 health. That's entirely killable over time, depending how quickly you can get a bloody out. If you're then copying the, the wipe to, to, to heal him every darn turn, yeah, pretty oh much, yeah. if the guy's not sending his warlord there, which is just, a, if, if he does, that's just a tactical advantage in itself. Now, um, I think um, Basil's cleavers here leads to an interesting point. One of the guys I saw on Car Game DB made the point that I kind of like bounce against myself is, Number one, you probably want to bloody him as soon as possible. There's a tactic of get him into the 311, make him terrifying, get him scary. There's also an interesting tactic of he just sits there making your guys really annoyingly hard to kill. Yeah. I'm going to throw oh, yeah, one yeah, or yeah. two. Oh, yeah. yeah, just sits there being solid. Yeah. You, like you say, yeah. you, um, you use KRX, keep healing him. Like, oh, well, but, but you know? he, he, he's, he makes his units hard to kill yeah. until it becomes bloody. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, then he loses so it's that this ability to move weird over balance there. that you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. As if you're playing with him, it's a weird balance you're trying to achieve. You're trying to get him bloodied, but you don't want to. You don't want to. Um, you want to preserve your unit. So you're trying to get him bloodied, but you don't want. Maybe that. Maybe first turn, that'd be a little rough, right? Like mm-hmm. he's a zero five, so he's not going to attack. So maybe you keep him there to keep your units alive to win that battle, and then you retreat him, mm-hmm. right? Right. Before he gets bloodied, and then you put. Then you make him get bloody. Then you allow him to get bloodied on the second combat. Of, of, yeah, because when he gets, well, and that's the thing that you're going to have to plan when you're playing him, because when he gets bloodied, he's going to retreat to yeah, HQ exhausted. Bloody. Exactly, right. he still becomes, he's not going to be at the planet like ah, now I got a three eleven badass. Right, 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 right. No, but that's why this is awful because then the blood for the blood god just plays into that beautifully. You push him to four. Well, he's got to be undamaged. Yep. Yeah. Oh, big important. Yes, he went right, to right, 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 right. So right. if yeah. he's there and you, if he's got so. <laughs> He's got three on it. You're like, guess what? Let's warp storm and clear the planet. Right, yeah. right. Nurgling bomb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nurgling bomb. him anyway, so to give him a darn damage and set him off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nurgling bomb. So we've got, so we've got the three, the three um, warlords. So Barzul is a warrior from the. I'm Korn. sorry, it's Bar Arzul. Bar Arzul. So as we were, as we were speaking, and we asked, that we were wondering how to pronounce the support. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things maybe we get we get do at Gen Con is we ask Brad Andrews. Yeah, there we exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, dude, really. Get it on record. <laughs> How do okay, you pronounce so these things? You might have to go to the, go to the Games <laughs> Workshop guys K-R- and say that. Kerux Aramaeus. Well, Kerux K- K- is pretty straightforward because that's pretty much Latin. It's false Latin. <laughs> the U.S. makes it Latin. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I keep the telling U- you. The U.X. in this case. Well, yeah, the, the, U.X. Is, the U.X. makes it Latin, so... I, I would say that second word is Aramaeus. Yeah, Aramaeus. Aramaeus. Maybe, I mean, yes, I not enemas. Aramaeus. Aramaeus sounds like a sounds like a, a, a. It may actually be a place. It sounds vaguely like an old Roman province. Mm. So I actually watched a YouTube guy who's classically trained, and he, he plays total room, room total war. It's hilarious to watch because he's firing all this stuff out, and you're all, oh, okay, cool. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> awesome. We'll take your word for it since you right. studied this. So, so, so Bar Azul is is a warrior. Co- is a corn warrior. Uh, Zarathur is a Zyker, a Zinch Zyker, and then uh, Kugoth is a. Uh, Nurgle demon, so um, interesting. Uh, so we haven't seen a Slanesh warlord, and those are the four. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Those are the well. So Kugath, um, Kugath. I'm sorry, not Kugath. Nurgle, Zinch, Slanesh, and Corn are the four chaos Ma- gods. Major chaos gods. Okay. There's okay. more. Are we moving to the law side? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. Here we go. This, way, this, is, this is one of those rewind bits. So, like I did with the Space Marines and Imperium, we pulled back to the Emperor and stuff. To understand the chaos, we have to go back to the warp. So, we know that um, the 40k setting has a regular physical universe that most of our various races are familiar with. There is another place um, referred to mo- the general term for most of the um, races for it is the warp. 
um, Imperial, I'll call it the Immaterium or the Imperium. It's another dimension, a different thing. It's um, <laughs> these these days I refer to it as Lovecraft in space. Mm-hmm. It's H.P. Lovecraft's um, Cthulhu Mythos and the space setting. Okay, it's another right. place. Things that are just so different from ev- from the physical world that they are bizarre to us. And within this place, the warp, there are entities. Um, they are somewhat eternal. They don't have physical forms. They're formed of different weird energy. Um, we don't we don't even we don't anywhere near to understand them from the setting. And within that, there are four major as a ref- we refer to them as gods because of their power, how powerful they are. The four major chaos gods specifically mentioned there, Nurgle, Zinch, um, Sunesh, and Khorne, they are um, embodiments of major things that humanity and mortals seem to find important. So there's a, a very big sense that the warp, how we perceive the warp and how and the various like, um, regular physical races view it is linked. That it's so a I manifestation think, of, ex- of something that, yeah. that we've well, actually come up with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the sl- we, we are... It is heavily implied in the setting, or, or in some ways almost made explicit. Uh, explicit, in the case of Slanesh, that Slanesh was formed by the fall of the Eldar race. The Eldar race um, became too depraved and too. Um, oh yes, yeah, they created Slanesh. Where did I? I and Slanesh yeah, is a yes. Well, well, because uh, you had talked about how the Dark Eldar are hiding their souls from Slanesh, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, well, that's well, that's because about all when, Eldar are. Oh, when Eldar die, they go to Slanesh. All, oh yeah. <laughs> so the regular Eldar themselves. So the the Eldar, not to get slightly off, but it does link in very tightly. The original Eldar race were a powerful, galaxy-wide, space space-faring civilization, similar to the Imperiums. They controlled huge swaths of space. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Eldar, we're close. Yeah. It has to. <laughs> we, this podcast has to earn its E rating every once in a while. Right? <laughs> you're right. You know, yeah. E, e fucking Eldar. Yeah. There, you go. Okay, yeah, there we go. Awesome. So yeah. So the Eldar was spread across the whole galaxy. Um, they. They became corrupted. They became overly decadent, um, to, you know, uh, self-indulgent, and turned in on themselves socially, and collapsed. While this was going on, two two groups within the Eldar realized how stupid this was. One of the groups is the Eldar we're familiar with today, and they went, um, "No, this is ridiculous. We're going to you're going to ruin us all. We're going to set out." They were basically like Puritan, pretty much. <laughs> Well, essentially, they were. for the new world. Right, yeah. No, yeah, they were. Awesome. Wait, we're going to back off from the center of all this um, of all this insanity. You're all mad. You're all going to get us destroyed. I mean, we're, they were they were thinking mainly like socially and morally. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. corrupt. You're going to collapse. We're going to head off. That's where the craft worlds come from. Okay. The various Eldar um, planetary stations that they have. So we're going to leave off and, and leave you to it and, and spread out on the edges. Um, around the same time, the Dark Eldar went. Um, well, we can see what's going on, and we kind of like it, but we're not stupid enough to get ourselves destroyed by what you're calling up. We can see it approaching, so we're going to form this civilization in another section of the warp, sealed off in, in uh, Kamora, and um, we're going to indulge all our all, all the nastiest parts of what we want to do. And then the Eldar race collapsed in the birth of Slanesh, the fourth, the fourth Chaos God, the Chaos God of depravity and sensual excess and all these various things that the Eldar embodied at that time and wiped out most of the race. Every Eldar soul from that point belonged to Slaanesh. The Dark Eldar get around it by sealing themselves off and by um, basically sacrificing horrible acts to Slaanesh. Their, their <laughs> torture and their or, or, or awfulness keeps him at bay, as it were, and keeps him sated. Um, the Eldar, the, the Cathold Eldar developed um, the, the spirit stones they use. When they die, they don't. Their souls are sealed away into material and stay there. For an Eldar to actually pass through into into the war properly is to be taken by Slanesh. So you get an idea about how horrible and evil these things are. Um, you, you said before, are there more, more chaos gods? Technically, every demon is the chaos god. Okay. It's exactly the same as the big four. They're just levels of power to, to how, we, how we understand. Now, the big problem about chaos is it's corruptive. It's seductive in the literal sense. 
coming into contact with it changes. Is it seductive you. at a at a at a genetic level? Is it a seductive uh, on a at, in the physical plane, or is it seductive in the emotional or psychological plane? Yes, or yes, both? yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. all three. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> genetic is an interesting call. It's 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 um it's depicted as sorceress, so it's magical. The whole this is this is the the power we can't explain. While whilst the, the Imperium and the various Imperium like doesn't like to likes to consider technology as magic. It's it's put it on that plane. It, it, there is an acceptance that it is actually scientific. This level of electricity and this machine will do this. Right. Whereas chaos is literally um, the warp is, is not understood. Right. Now there are human psychers. Their power comes from the warp. Any all psychers, their their power comes from calling down this force of change into the world. You know, even the orcs understand mm -hmm. this. The warg is psychically inclined. It's calling the warp in through the the sheer power of aggression from the orc race. Um, when Slanesh emerged and rose as a power, the humanity suddenly became far more psychic. They're basically their their growth the growth of, of, of chaos's power in the warp encouraged um, bred this power in humans. That's why humanity is so afraid of their psychers. They understand that they're massively powerful and completely unstable. <laughs> okay, they're, they're 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 beacons for demons in the warp. Okay. So when things go wrong, they're what calls them through. That's why the Inquisition prosecutes planets so um, so extensively when it, the black ships that take away psychers to make them safe is because an, an uncontrolled psyker is a beacon for. Chaos, and when chaos gets into a planet, it changes it at the the level of reality. It distorts it and, mod and changes it, and and, and, and slowly corrupts it over. The, the, the insane people you talk about with the blood pact who worship corn. Corn is the um, is the god of blood. All he wants is slaughter and death. That's he embodies that aggression. <laughs> All he wants is slaughter and death. death. I mean, it, it can sound it can sound ridiculous and over top, but this is the horrible thing. That's Barzul. But but the reason Barzul is happy when he's bloodied is is he's he's sacrificing more pain and, and destruction to his. To his to his great deity, you know, right, and that's what the, it, um, both of the characters in the stories that I've read have, have basically said. I wish there was more blood I could spill for my god. Mm -hmm. Yep, and, and I think in both cases it's corn. Yeah, that's an erudite way of saying blood to the blood god. Yeah, skulls for the throne of corn. That's technically the whole the whole saying. Blood to the blood god. Skull, skulls for the throne of corn. Yep. And Skulls for the throne of, of corn. corn. Yes, it's, the, right. it's technically the refrain, as it were. Right. Yep. So we'll look out for that card soon enough. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, right? Yeah. Well, that's what annoys me. On the Blood for the Blood God spoiler card, it says, Blood for the Blood God on top with the appropriate exclamation mark. And the bottom of the color text, it's called Skulls for the Skull Throne. I need to talk to someone at FFG. That's not right. I read that and went, Skulls for the Throne of Corn. It's been a written thing for decades Oh, now. okay. So Bad people. I, I thought it was Blood for the Blood God. Yeah, it's skulls, skulls for, for the, the Skull, skull throne. throne. No, that's not right. That's the, that's the shorthand. That's, yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> Very naughty, very upset by that. Oh, that's too bad. But yeah, looking at the various um, deities here, you've got you've got the interesting part is you've got the spread of everything. So you have first of all you have um, Barzul himself. Barzul is clearly a corrupted space marine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah, he has, absolutely. He's a fallen space marine to corn. How how that can happen and why is quite straightforward. Marines are essentially killing machines anyway. They're designed to destroy. That's what they do. And so one of them perfecting that art to the point where his rage overcomes him and he becomes a, a vessel for corn very understandable very straightforward he's a, a classic berserker he's there there to go and, and wreck, wreck stuff up as fast as he can um, then you then you take Kugath Kugath is a demon he's an actual Kugath apparently yes I always pronounce Kugath there's two syllables there it's just the ba and R well you did you did good well in there one time Bar. I was just saying it's all the draw Bar. yeah yeah Kugath is a demon he's an entity from the wall he's non-physical he's a projection of this 
of him, his um, his Lord Nurgle's wish to have everything collapse and corrupt his entropy mm-hmm. and embodied. So he's a completely different type of thing from Barzul. Um, Zarafer is a, Z- a Zinchian sorcerer. Whether or not he was originally a spaceman is debatable. The armor inclines towards it, but the sorcerers in Chaos can be very powerful without ever having right. been connected with that. So he may or may not be. Brad could probably tell us better. Zinch is the Lord of Change. He's the essence of how Chaos corrupts and modifies everything. So he'll, he'll be the one who's running around with horribly distorted, weirdly shifting creatures such as the, um, such as the Zinchian Flamers. So was one of these... I'm, I'm trying to remember the the lore that I I read months ago. I thought that one of one of those were somebody that was normal, uh, not normal, but but um, mortal to begin with, and then the chaos gods raised them up to the. Are, are, I guess maybe maybe the chaos gods raised people up to the level of demon prince. Yes, and the demon prince is basically would we consider that a warlord? It, well, or is that somebody maybe that's in between? Yeah, the god and the warlord just well, um, warlord, warlord is more of a game term than the, right in, in terms of the card. Well, and that's why yeah. I was trying to relate it. There's no uh, in terms of power level. Well, demon prince is a good one there. As I mentioned, we have um, demon themselves. So mm-hmm. actually, physically a demon from f- physical demon is just a, a a warp entity given form. A demon prince, as you say, is a mortal who's been risen up to that sort of level where they've been imbued with so much chaos power and become an an embodiment of their force in the same in that same way. Commonly in the setting, demon princes are either heavily aligned to something, so a demon prince of Nurgle would be a, a mortal that is very much like Kugath as a Nurgle demon, or um, the, the one thing we haven't yet seen too much of is they're generically chaos. The chaos symbol, if we look around, is the star, the mm-hmm. pointed star. Sometimes it's depicted as perfectly symmetrical, which people tend to prefer. There is also a chaos star version that is very distorted and, and strange because of the nature of chaos. It has the eight points that are all over the place and weird like that. The idea is that um, chaos unadulterated is that central point. It's the it's the essence of everything. It doesn't follow any one particular deity. And I'm now trying to remember, is it um, from Abnet's stuff? Moloch from Ravna? Maybe that's the one yeah, I was yeah, reading yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moloch is, is follows Chaos Undivided. He is the he is the follower of no one particular Chaos deity. He's a follower of Chaos overall. I have no one, one particular lord. Everything I do is is to further their aims. And that's the other big thing about Chaos is while the Imperium might have its fanati- religious fanatics, Chaos is religious fanaticism. It <laughs> takes you over and says you will follow what we believe in. It, it, it corrupts from the essential level. At the psychic level, and that's the horrifying idea that you could be following them without any will originally at all, subjugated in the, in the most um, horrible essential sense. Yes, you can give in and gain all this amazing power if you say no, I'll, I'll willingly follow you. But you're going to follow him anyway. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 The mark of chaos showing, I think, someone in exactly that state. Oh, is that the that's the divided sign? That, that's, when it that's comes the, to that's chaos all, and that's, full, full yeah. together. That's the is chaos it, and divided symbol. That's this the is chaos. undivided. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. That term doesn't turn up too much in recent um, law, but it is that's where originally it came from. It's chaos, chaos undivided. The, the the central the central concept of the all all four deities, and technically there could there could be other chaos gods in the setting. One has popped up, Sanesh. There's horribly there's nothing preventing another one arriving. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Other than the efforts of the Imperial I, I just force, I just yeah. didn't know if there was anything that was already established in the lore that we hadn't seen. There is a lot of suggestion of tiny, tiny little gods, as it were. A lot of implication. <laughs> the four big ones. I mean, it's a ri- ridiculous you're, idea. But you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You have your fingers about half yeah, an inch together. Yeah. And, like, yeah. When I think tiny about these guys, I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I mean, think tiny little gods. <laughs> if you want to be technical, Kugaf could be considered... I mean, as far as a mortal concerned, Kugaf is godlike. He turns right. up, there's not a damn thing you can do about him. He's powerful beyond belief to an average mortal. So it's all a matter of scale. Stick to high heaven. <laughs> I think this is... Whoa, ha, ha, ha. Hey, hey, hey. Yes. No, no, no. no, 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 no right, it's okay. like me before. It's like... <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I was about to say... Because I, I did want to ask about this earlier, Carl, earlier. So what is a space hole? So this is another fun part about the warp, warp here. So to rewind a little bit to why the warp matters so much in the setting, we've got the dead gods, we've got psychic powers, we've got the chaos forces, the corruptiveness. However, the warp is really useful. G- um, G- Games Workshop would be setting plays fair. No faster than light travel. You can't go faster than light in space. No, that physics works great. So we don't do it in space. We've realised that the warp is a different dimension. It works differently. If we go into that, we can travel to a po- travel around the outside, as it were, to a point in space and travel faster than light can can go. Pop in, dive into the warp, travel to a point, dive out to the warp. Sounds great until you realise how horrifyingly dangerous the warp is. It's anathema to existence. It's corruptive. It's full of crazy things. I love I love the stories of um of 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 traveling to the warp where first of all you watch a transition which is kind of like a submarine diving where people are like okay reach out there's a warning light going off I'll reach out and hold onto something the whole ship will go a little bit nutty for a second and then we'll settle into the um, calm traveling through the warp and then you might hear things knocking on the hull you might notice how your engineer has gone a little bit on the strange side and there's growing odd things and maybe we need to get back out of the warp while we can kind of thing you know so that that kind of like um. At twenty thousand leagues under the sea, this this um, sea voyage dangers of long time, long term travel, and all that. Well, things go wrong. Ships get lost in the warp. Um, the warp has a tendency to cram these things together, to um, as if like eddies and whirlpools form in the in the immaterium, and drive together bits and bobs of random ships and slam them together in what gets referred to as a hulk. When it okay. emerges out of the warp, it's normally known as a space hulk, where you get this huge amalgamation, like a kind of floating ship's graveyard except they're generally been rammed and formed into massive great ships. Some of them are enormous ancient battleships themselves. Just I think Salvation's Reach was one of those, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe yeah. so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if the game Space Hulk, massively popular um, Games Workshop game, is about Terminators going in to clear out some awful things, um, the, 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 the original lore one was um, Blood Angels going in to claim a relic from an ancient Blood Angel ship that was caught there. And it happens to be full of gene stealers, tyranny, tyranny forerunner units. But there are commonly chaos ones as well. I mean, it's coming from the warp, so things happen like that. Um, if you think in terms like the Marie Celeste and Bermuda Triangle kind mm-hmm. of things, someone finding a ship where odd things have happened, when these things reemerge and pop out into space. And well, or the movie Event Horizon. Well, I was going to say, yes, Event Horizon is chaos. Event, I mean, you want to see how chaos goes? Yeah, Event, Event that, Horizon going is chaos into, taking over you, ship. Basically, yeah, you know, it's not... Shortest distance is two, two straight points. It's not no. It's moving that those points together and yeah. going right through it. I can say and some and yeah and some. It's some. Someone went. You know, it'd be really cool to do a GW game. Can we do a, G, a GW film? Can we do a GW film to call call games workshop? They said no. Cool. We'll make it anyway. That's what Event Horizon did. It's, yeah. it's so is the setting without without any detail. It couldn't be more of the style. So, but yeah, and so you have these awful things. These huge things turn up. Orcs like them. Orcs like Space Hulk too. They like to they like to swarm yeah. onto them. Use them to travel to the warp, pop out somewhere horrible near a, near a planet, and suddenly dive on board. But the chaos-infested ones, without any doubt, are the scariest of the scariest. Yeah. These things sometimes land on planets. So just think about that one—a huge, a huge chunk of ancient space debris filled with chaos, chaos um, so infused and, and, fanatics. And that particular thing might actually be thematically what. 
yes. this Space Hulk represents. Pretty much space Hulk lands on a planet, you have a battle there, <laughs> and then somehow chaos lifts it off that planet. Next, <laughs> next turn over, but thematically that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Um, I played Zarathur, I played Kugoth a little bit. John, you've played Kugoth more, so so um, being that you and I play a lot, I've kind of bowed away from Kugoth. But I've played Zarathur uh, quite a bit. And actually, Zarathur and and it might be surprised, people might be surprised to hear this, but because I played Kato, I've gone back and played Kato because I want to know what, what it's like to play Kato. I've been avoiding him. Uh, but so it's either, it's probably either a Kato or a Zarathur deck for me at Nationals. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I'm looking at. I like to play, I, I've been playing Nasdrag a lot. It's a fun deck to play, but when he loses, he loses big. <laughs> um, you know, and, and Brutal uh, against the Climax Warleader is not necessarily the best strategy. <laughs> Type of Brutal guys. Not massively. So, uh, yeah, I got, I got that, that happened to me once. That, that, that's a thing, right? So, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at Zarathur and or Kato. To kicker though is Zarathur is right now you think Sonashi's Temptation. Yeah. Just, just in the efficiency of the deck. Oh yeah, and, and I have and the yeah. Zarathur deck that I've played before has three of those suckers. Yeah. Because you know what? I put I, I want one in my opening hand. Ideally I want initiative and I want one in my opening hand and I com completely ruin the first turn math for my opponent, yeah. right? For, for, for and then all, yeah. they, they go and they do it again and I put another one out and then maybe I don't need the third belt so I use it as a two shield card. For all his devastatingly aggressive cornateness, slash temptation, there's no reason not to take that with Barzul. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I think that, that card is so. It's it's one of those. It yeah. doesn't matter what warlord you're playing. You're putting three of them in there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like Space Marines. It doesn't matter what warlord you're playing. Whether it's Cato or Ragnar, you're playing Indomitable. And Dropout exactly. Right on my tip my tongue right there. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's you're doing it, so you may as well take the darn card because it's never bad. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you're playing Astro Military, you're playing Catachin Outpost. There's no reason yeah. not to have it. Like I said, the Chaos, as, as a human being, Chaos is really cool, but kind of scary at the same time. <laughs> kind of least. bittersweet to get into the, to get into the, uh, yeah. the lore of the game. HP, HP Lovecraft now, in space. So, so what, are the, what are the core cards? So you say you've been playing some Zarathur lately. Mm -hmm. That's your core deck. What would I think would be surprising about your deck? What's a card... That you have in there that you're like, this is the this is my take on Zarathur, right? Because that's what it boils down to. When you play each of what these warlords, you have an efficient competitive deck that basically prescribes <coughs> forty to maybe even forty five of the fifty cards. But what are the ones that you put in there? You're like, yeah. So first of all, who are you paired with? Orcs. Um, yeah, uh, okay. my I'm I'm trying to think of my deck now because it's it's it'll be considered very standard for Zarathur, I think. Um, up until um, just recently, Sinatra's Temptation would be the the new thing to put in compared to the standard Zarathur burn stuff. Yeah, Orcs are my pairing. So Snakebite Thug, um, the Riders, help me out. Uh, the the Warp Biker, not Warp Bikers. Yeah, uh, yeah, War Sons Bikers. So so the the Zarathur with Snakebug. Uh, snake bite. Thug. That that thug goes away pretty quickly in a in a mirror match. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> attack, attack for one. Attack, hitting you for four, taking two. Hitting you for four, taking two. Um. And I uh, hit you for four, taking two, <laughs> two and I'm dead. Yeah, there we go. You know, poof, you know. Or a warp storm comes and I'm, everybody's yeah, dead. Both away. of them are dead, yeah. right? Um, I don't. I ooh yeah. Warp storm is a good. Warp storm is one of the fun ones. So I when I initially put down Zarathur, I put Zarathur Nurgling bomb. 
because that com that tactical combination is excellent. The extra damage, calling back Zarathur because obviously he can be amazingly vulnerable. The ability to go, I'm going to wipe the planet, call him back and not damage him, get the extra hit in. Um, I've done uh, Made to Fight a little bit. I haven't done that recently. Yeah, Made to Fight. I had my, I had one in mind, and it, 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 it just always seemed too expensive to trigger. And, and it's yeah. a... Oh, no, no, it is a Leaves Play. It is yeah. a Leaves Play trigger. Yeah, it was, so. it, it was a weird one to fire. When it did, I generally found it wasn't good for the single destroying spike. You know, you've got something with six or seven health, and so I attack it with Zarephos Flamers, sacrifice Zarephos Flamers, play Made to Fight, then get another three on top of it. That right. never happened. I killed three units. Made That's to what I did. Made to Fight is a two-cost event with one shield. It's an interrupt. When an army unit you control leaves play from a planet with your warlord, deal yes. damage equal to that army's printed attack value to a target non-warlord unit at the same planet. Yeah. Right. So more than once I used it as an extremely expensive AoE. I'll hit a guy for three, then I'll sacrifice the um, flame to hit that guy for three, and then I'll made the fight to hit another guy for three. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that happened more often. And it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't consistent enough, I found, to be worth playing with. Not when you've got so many other good cards in there. You've still got um, Zinch's Flames, or Flames of Zinch, whatever the heck it is, the two, two shield um, DLX damage. Zinch's Firestorm. Firestorm, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what would be considered strange. I can't handle 60 card decks anymore, I swear. I'm playing for the 25s and all that, you know? So, so it's nice temptation. Plague bearers. I wouldn't say that's weird, but it's a it's a fantastic one for. It's not weird, but it's, but it's command control, right? It's, oh. it's for command control. Oh, right, there right, right. The Crack Fun Acquire. Oh, that card. I have been convinced by that. I have definitely rightly doubt turned to Slanesh with this deck. Yeah. That that <laughs> card. So this is with the current meta of, of small units, and people generally go for small mass units, Cacophonic Choir is comedic. As a mid game, well that sucks. The card it, it is unmatchably nasty. Just yeah. to, just to set up for Zarafur to go like, okay, this is gonna all gonna happen over here. I mean obviously your warlord's not on the planet when it happens, and apart from some really, really weird Situational right, effects, you know, deploy action, right? Deploy action. So it's almost impossible to have your wallet on the planet to do that. I think there's a handful of tiny little things that could do it, you know. All right. So, so why don't you explain the card for people okay. who may not know? Since so it is, I haven't actually haven't seen it played that much. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't until Eric in, in the area started nailing with it. So Cacophonic Choir is a two-cost event, one shield. Um, deploy action. Exhaust your warlord to have your opponent deal X indirect damage amongst units he controls. X is the number of units your opponent controls. So imagine this in that tournament game we played against yourself, where yeah. you had thirty odd or so units on <laughs> on the on the yeah, it's like, gee, side. Let's so, put them all over. You know. So so how many how many of my units implode basically on the spot from that? So looking at that and looking at looking at the spoilers, so that is the, the that is the, the my first deploy action the turn after I played Blood for the Blood God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, damage your whole planet, nail. Everything goes back. Everything, well, everything goes back to HQ. It's like, yep. And now, yep. hey, yep. you're gonna have to stick. Oh, another it is damage. a deploy action. Yeah, you're gonna have to stick another action. damage. But on it. so you're gonna have. Yeah. So it's over two turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would be that's a that could be a great thing because when you it takes care of two two hit point units. Well, well, also the last game we were, the last game we were playing, you won your two planets. And then you had a pretty good army at HQ with your orc deck, and yep. then you just swept and and you swept into the planet that was going to win you, right? That planet win you the game, and there was nothing I could do about it because I couldn't deploy enough units there to match that. 
And I had a good army with me, but I was all my guys were going to be coming with me exhausted. Right. Mm-hmm. So you were there a turn early. Now, you know, I see that I I see that that that's getting set up. You've got that, you know, the, your winning condition is planet one, two, and four. You've won planet one. You've won planet two. Everything at planet two has now gone back to you know before they go back to planet two. I want a blood for the blood god. Everybody's going to take a damage. You're going to go back to your HQ before you can deploy to planet four. I am going to hit you with. Cacophonic choir. choir. Anything that happens to survive, when you get to that planet and you're setting up for the next turn, I am going to warp storm you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's right. That's what that's what chaos does, right? They mm-hmm. they do damage before combat. They they make sure that combat isn't that that combat is is uh, is limited to uh, the few tough units that survived everything. Right. And yeah, this is this is the big setup I use it for. Cacophonic early, early in the round, and then well, cacophonic last last deploy action if possible to hit as many units as possible, and then Nurgling bomb the planet that matters. I've already I've already you've already taken either lost units or taken individual stuff from each go, and then in comes Nurgling bombs. So yeah, it's like a back up so, or die. Yeah, yeah. wow. Well, cool. So that's the thing with the cacophonic choir. So yeah, maybe don't don't do it right away. Do it to the well, last one because maximize number of units on the table. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not at a planet, it's not in HQ, it's not... It, it's everything. Short, shortly after I was encouraged to try this out, I was playing against a guy who, who had encouraged me to try it out, Eric, and he, <laughs> promise of glory, promise of glory, throne of vainglory, hey, it fires, cool, lots of fire after damage, go. Oh my god. <laughs> like, oh, what? <laughs> All those cultists, he's like, you son of a... I'm like, your suggestion. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When, it, when you can make when it, like either the little guys go away or the little guys end up doing a lot of damage to your big guys, it's it's a you hit it with me once and I remember being sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. I don't know. That, 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 I, I remember just going, "Oh, that sucks." <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's it. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, again, but these are expensive things. So that's the limitation, right? We've talked about how do you beat them with. Cato, Cato, I think. How do you beat him? And it applies mm-hmm. in ninety-four percent of the cases. I think you, if you can really restrict Cato's card draw, mm-hmm. you got the best chance coming. Because mm-hmm. I've looked across the table sometimes, and I or I've looked in front of myself and see, oh look, I have fifteen resources, and I have a hand of one card. <laughs> that doesn't make this fifteen resources doesn't make this card worth fifteen resources. This is still a penal legionnaire. <laughs> you know, like oh, what would you yeah. right? And you can't so, you can't choke cards effectively on chaos because of ammo depot being prevalent as it is. They can yep, just re- yep, they get yep, back up yep, so quickly. Yep. So and so what do you do? Money. You choke the money. Yep. You choke the money. Because I look across at a table and I see. Uh, a chaos with two with two resources during combat. I just keep going, right? Warp storm. I think you, Nurgle bomb is three. three. Warp storm is two. I'm pretty sure. Cacof- no, no. Warp storm is three. Yeah, Cacophonic choir is two. 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 Yeah. So Cacophonic fire could hit. Yeah, but only in deploy. But it's indirect. But, but it's indirect. Right? And it's yeah. Never gonna, yeah, yeah. It's a much different so, matter. so mm-hmm. if you can keep that those uh, chaos units, the two resources yeah. per combat. Yeah. Vicious Bloodletter is what rough. five, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. another all, all, all the ubiquitous killers are yeah. not cheap. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I mean you can't, get, you can't get around the promise of glories, and you can't get around mm-hmm. that stuff. So they are gonna get the big unit if they're playing that kind of deck. They're gonna get that big unit out, but you can restrict their thing. And on the same way, if you're playing chaos, you got to get 
the resources, right? He needs the money. But then again, as you just brought up there, the demon the demon mechanic is interesting. Because you basically have two halves of chaos, demonic and non, in, in terms of the card game. Demonic is the whole thing of, I'm going to get cheap versions out of my cultist tricks and my splendid acolytes. Yep. I'm going to make big, well, big or efficient units pop up very quickly. Yep. I, I have a, a horrible habit of promise of glory. Promise of glory... Oh, okay, flamer. <laughs> kill, yeah. kill two cultists and get a free flamer. Go, yeah. you know, yeah. you know that kind of thing. But that's in the case of Zarafur. Although, I mean, the Nerglings are certainly not a a poor one to call in. In fact, this will be um, Barzul here will be Chaos um, Warlord number one who does not have a signature demon. That's right. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I was going to mention about him here. Um, oh, because they're warriors. The yeah. they're, the cleavers are warriors. Yeah, okay. they're, okay, they're, more, they're more world they're, eaters. Yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. The world. They're, they're more world eater space marines. So Chaos Marines, yeah. So that's in, uh, one of the things with Barzil to get a little back onto him, uh, and you were talking about before is notice how how um, well understood his style is because his his um, signature has five health. I.e., you're not killing this in one go. Mm-mm. It's just it's not going to happen. You know, right. you, yeah, you're not taking them out in one dude. There's the um, I remember seeing the the unique guy coming up in Devourer. I forget exactly what, but I know he's got brutal. I'm pretty sure he. Um, gain some extra attack when he takes damage in another method, or maybe untaps, and he's like four or five health. So he's yet another unit which is clearly knows exactly what he's going to do, which is sit there and be a pain to kill while he tears chunks out. Well, right. The the other corn, the other corn um, warrior that we've seen is the corn berserker, right? Mm-hmm. And he has brutal. He's a two forward brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's a non. He's a he's a he's a common. Is what I guess the the term is. He's a, he's a common. Um, uh, Chaos. Cost, yep. I think he's three cost, two four, one command icon, maybe yeah. two. I don't. Know. Unfortunately, but, but, a reverse you know, synergy with the early part of Barzul because you, you don't want to move damage off him because he's brutal. Right, 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 right. But right. then when Barzul goes all crazy, who cares? Mm. You know? Yeah, three cost, one command icon, and he's brutal. Right. Um, How much does he cost? Three. 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 Okay. And he does say "blood for the blood of God." Yep, <laughs> this is, there this it is. is his yep. uh, flavor text here. Yep. World leaders battle cry. Right. Um, I'm looking at through some of the chaos stuff. Uh, Umble preacher might be a the three cost two command icon one four. Each army unit at this bat- planet cannot retreat from battle. That's that might be an interesting one with Barzul. That is, thank you. Yes, I knew there was a mm. reason for it. Yes, okay. that's that you can't retreat. Like yeah. we're stuck. We're fighting until there's and, only and, one guy and, left standing, and we have to attack you. Right. That's, 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 a, ca- the that's thing. a cannot effect, right? Cannot effect. So when correct. you bloody him, he doesn't go anywhere. Army unit, army unit, army unit. Army so unit. he can okay. go. So he goes. Yeah. No, and, and routing right. is different. Routing is a Routed, yeah. Routing is not retreating. Retreat. Oh, okay. You route yeah, somebody. Okay. Right. So he can still get routed, but you you can keep people there. But yes, you can trap people to be chewed wow. up by corn. Yeah. Hear mm-hmm. my preach. Hear my words. <laughs> Die. <laughs> 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 there's, a, there's a sorry, there's a old um, Discworld one on Vagrant that line, which is like if if some if someone in the city misbehaved in some way, the Assassins Guild will go and have a word with them. That word was goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barzul would like to have a word with you. So Humble Priest would do well. Uh, Death Guard Infantry two four is three costs. Nurgle. That, that's some of the problems with, with, with some of the Chaos units. Being three costs, you got a lot of three cost units that are. Oh, this could be pretty cool. Or oh yeah, this is this is really good to put in there. But how much damage on that though? How much health? He's a two four. 
So four's good again. Four again is hard to kill. Oh yeah, no, thing, no, no. Yeah, that's I mean, the thing that will keep him rocking. If you're playing that, I'm going to use using using to keep my units alive. I'm bloody myself. I'm, I'm just saying there, there's yeah. so yeah. many options now. I mean, yeah. you know, do I? Because how many three cost units do you want in there? Where do I know we talk about things being expensive? Where do we draw the? Where do you draw the line as being expensive? Do you think in game terms? Cost curve is cost curve is a thing. It depends on the deck. Right, right. It's, it's, this is we're back to we're back to old magic mana curve thing. You need some large units to make your high resource values be powerful, and you need some lows to get them out early. And you have to you have to have the graduation of, mm-hmm. of or ways to order. cheat them out. Like yeah, exactly. Cultists exactly. You have to have you have to have early game cards, and you have to have late game cards, and that's yeah. basically what this boils down to, right? Um, you have the early game cards are the ones, twos, and threes. The late game cards, the fours, five, six, and sevens, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's what it is. And you know, I I've, I was telling um, a new guy to play who's, who started to play Wednesday. I was like, you want some ones, you want some twos, you want some threes. You want a few fours. You want one or two fives and sixes and sevens. Like yeah, that's how that's how are. I build, right? So I I might have a I might have a five and a six. I don't think I have a seven in any built deck yet, but I have a five and a six. Uh, in basically each deck, and sometimes I have two fives in a six. But for, for, for no. players newer to card games in general, there's probably a term I should explain and elaborate on what you guys are saying there. Um, in Magic: The Gathering, the ubiquitous card game, there's a phrase of mana curve. The idea in Magic that generally you gain one more resource to play things every turn. That's part of the game system. You put down a land card, you can use ones to gain a resource. Mm-hmm. So normally you'll have one resource on, on turn one, then two, then three on various turns. No, because you can still only play one land a turn in Magic. Ex- right? Exactly. Okay. So yeah, exactly, yeah, that, that hasn't changed. It's been a long time. Don't, 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 ask a, don't ask me a darn thing else, but yes, that's definitely not changed. Right. So this concept is in the Magic deck is that you build you know, on the assumption that you want to, if you possibly can, to play something on turn one, then on two, then on three, depending on tactics. Then John mentions cheating that. Of course, there are a variety of ways of getting... You have units that can then give you extra resources so they can cheat that curve. And the idea of that curve is that's the deck seems to look like that. The deck has mostly ones and twos because you want to maximize your earlies. And then you may design around that idea. Chaos breaks it with its demons as a classic example of a unit mm-hmm. that then becomes resources. With the cultists, yeah. Yeah, the, the cultists, cultists, yeah. And then uh, Kato exactly is the example of he can take... He can start with his basis around two or three, really, or probably higher, because he's going to get extra resources from killing things, so he can snowball up and push mm-hmm. his own curve. Mm-hmm. You know, guard are the classic example of the curve of curves, which is everything is generally low, apart from the big guys for yeah. later on. Right. <laughs> you know, guard is generally ones and twos and threes, and then like sixes and sevens. Yeah. And again, big yeah. things, you know. Uh, having ta- talking about the guard, I wish the. Uh, what, are, what are the four cost, zero five units that get plus two attack with each out with each support unit? What are oh, those guys? The, um, uh, conscripts. Conscripts. Uh, I wish they were. I wish they were cheaper. <laughs> no, they I are. I sit there at four and I go, and I'm like. They are expensive. Those are expensive. I mean, they're appropriate. I guess they're appropriately costed if you have a lot of if you have a lot of supports in your deck. But oh, wow. so, so that's that's the thing. You have to build the deck that way. Yeah. 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 You have to have the supports, and then you then you're like, oh, since I'm playing six different supports, I'm going to have two or three out. I'm going to go ahead and play Conscripts. Six. Yeah. I remember, uh, I, I'll rewind on watching you guys play a week or so ago. Six supports? Six? <laughs> that old game you had where everything was supports? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of my supports out. I did. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> had, you had, what, seven in the deck and you had six on the table? Yeah. yeah. Something yeah, like that. Two Orc Cannons, a Teleporter Pad, the the signature Nasdrag. The, uh, yeah, Crackthrooth Hall. Crackthrooth Hall. Yeah, it was just... Um, it was, it was, yeah, and then just, an Ammo Depot or something yeah. like that. Two Ammo like, Depots, okay. I think. 
<laughs> you're like, oh, the only thing I'm missing, I think, is another pure, ammo depot. Pure oh, shenanigans to watch was all. <laughs> it was pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah, I won the first couple of plants real easy. After yeah. that, it was like, yeah. oh, gee, then wow. Nasdaq uh, started ricocheting around the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing Fun his Baharov impression. Yeah. <laughs> well, I go and, here, when you command it. And so this, this leads to a segue. It's, there's going to be a little segue here. So John and I had a game last week. I played Nasdaq. He played Cotez. He did because he had three of Cotez's henchmen at the planet. He gave, he had a ranged guy. He had, uh, I had the Rattling Deadeye. The Rattling Deadeye. A henchman that was unta- uh, uh, that was ready. Uh, a stalwart organ that was ready. And Cotez that was ready and he had his eagle on him. But he had two other henchmen come to him with the planet. He gave the, the stalwart ogren, Cotez, and the henchmen, the henchmen ranged. With with uh, suppressed with preemptive suppress- oh, with, with, uh, barrage. Su- barrage and then during that range step because of henchmen readying Cotez and doing all this stuff he managed to do what we counted up to be 21 damage <laughs> um, and he got rid I had 9 units at the planet yeah, yeah he 21 damage of, and I stole off he got rid everybody. of 7 of them I managed to put 2 more into <laughs> play through staging ground and Elysium uh, assault team yep. so I ended up uh, if we would have followed through combat all the way, I think I would have ended up with two units at the planet. He would have ended with nobody. Uh, so that wouldn't be the game. But he would have destroyed nine of my units. And that <laughs> game right there, that game right there, and the fact that it wasn't recorded for posterity is why uh, we're going to get into the video-making business here and we're going to start um, recording some of our live games and um, doing some post-editing there and putting them up. Nothing to don't expect miracles, don't expect timeline, the fast timelines, but we're gonna start doing it because that had to be that, that was it's fun. A, it's a that real shame fun. that wasn't recorded. Yeah, and, and the terrible thing is I actually missed a henchman yep, in that you did. too. You did. Otherwise, oh. I might have only had one guy. Left. I was gonna say even yeah. even better for the situation where people can go like, yeah, that game of yours was great, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's this and that and this trigger here and here we go. No, <laughs> no, he, that yeah. was that was it. I, and I and I, w- I probably would have said something except I thought you were saving him for something else. I thought you were saving him for some other effect, but you were hitting for four range. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cotez attacked three times. Right, four times. Yeah, because it was insane. With his, with oh, yeah, Catacan outpost too to give everybody plus two. Give, you had two outposts out, right. so you were hitting everybody for more. Well, <laughs> your your orcs. I mean, I had to hit him for five or six. Yeah, I was like, okay, I can kill that guy for four. <laughs> this guy I need to hit for five. That guy I need to hit for four. I mean, so it was crazy. Wasn't there multiples of flash gits at one look at this uh, at this planet? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, that's yes, why. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm were, no, 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 no. But it's no, there was one flash gits, <laughs> but there were two kilocans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like enormous health total. Yeah, so <laughs> it's just kind of like, and that, so I was sitting there. It was great. It was just doing the math. It's like, all right, I got plus one from the eagle, <laughs> and so he, if I catacan, that's gonna be three, and then he's gonna attack for range, and I'm gonna use him to untap Cotez and. Cortez will attack for four, and then I can kill that one guy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, so, barring any shields, but I think you only had like two or three cards in your hand. So yeah, so, the, so that's thinking. one of the announcements we want to make with this with this podcast was that uh, that we're getting into the video business. We'll be doing some videos. John and I will be doing some videos, uh, probably just on our phone. Some quick announcements, this kind of cool fanboy videos. Uh, we'll, we we put them on our. Uh, We'll Carl put them on our mm-hmm. Tracks of Sector Warcast yeah. channel. Yeah, and we can totally do that as well. And then we're going to be recording some. Tone. <laughs> and then we're going to be recording some games. Um, and then we'll post on our channel 
stuff like when, that. When, when you said that, like, so we decided we need, need to need to um, need to record our games prosperity. So, and as you said that, I thought it's time to start shaving. I'm sat here on a Friday morning. The best thing about these videos, <laughs> the best thing about the videos is that unless you're uh, Carl, you, you're a little light and you're a little lighter in your loafers than John and I. John, like, like we, we sit there and you can see. see I don't the think he knows what that means. Carl is not. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm looking down, going, it's, I'm it's like sorry. you're married, aren't you? No, no, he's not. He's not light in the loafers in that way. He's just. Oh. Lighter, period. Um, so, so, but one of the benefits of this, the camera angle is that that your your unshaven face. I'm, re I'm referring to the back of the hands, but oh, the back <laughs> of the hands. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. I'm gonna play my. Oh God, what is that? <laughs> Who is that mangled. Sasquatch you are playing? playing? I'm playing. I'm playing Chaos. A mangled claw has to come forward and go. Quiet. <laughs> That's it. We need, we need nice big oh. gauntlets to play Kato, and then there's like horrible mangled. We could do like a cos. We could do like yeah, a, cosplay a cosplay video. A cosplay. <laughs> Think about that. You guys dressed as Imperial Guard. The other guys but yeah, only only up to the elbow though. <laughs> On the yeah. elbow, that's the yeah. thing. So it's that there. Yeah, the elbow on your shirt. That's it. We know. We know. Now we've got a new product line to suggest: <laughs> card game recording cosplay pieces. Hey, we're doing the we're doing the the scale mail bracers. Yeah, yeah, bracers. Exactly. Gen Con, we're like, yeah, here are bracers. We can wear. We're, oh, but we're doing that after the conquest tournament. Shoot. That's a fantastic idea. I was like, we look what we did. It that's wouldn't make sense to pray. Bracers during Netrunner tournament. <laughs> let's be, be honest weird. here. What it's going to turn into is like the, the fake Rolex, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sponsor our podcast, Rolex. You know, yeah. you know. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, manicure done by this local <laughs> local <laughs> nail shop. Very very carefully worked across the nails awesome. that comes yeah, into view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. You, you've painted the chaos design on each of your nails. This, this yeah. combat this combat yeah. brought to you nail by. salon by by Sarah. <laughs> there we go. The nails there by Sarah. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a tangent. Uh, we might have to cut that out of the. Oh no, that's got to. Okay, that's got to. Right, okay. <laughs> that piece of discussion has to stay in. That's okay. a fantastic okay. idea. One thing I want to talk about is Forbidden Stars, and the if if you guys haven't played this, I realize it's an expensive game. It is not cheap. It's a hundred dollar piece of equipment. Um, if you have a friend who has a better job than you, that you game with. Try to get him to buy it. Try to get her to buy it, <laughs> right? Because it's expensive. And I mean, I, I bought it, and I still spent I spent another thirty bucks on containers. But it's a good game that gets you into the universe. That's a lot more to chew on than uh, you know a forty five minute conquest game. Oh, I'll, but it's great. I'll it's cut in and do what I'm paid for since I work in a game store. Um, Forbidden Stars is somewhat um, Eclipse or Imperius. Rex, if you come across it before, the, the Doomstar game. It's that faction-heavy, um, diplomatic versus control maneuvering, lots of dense choices in between turn by turn. It's very much a Euro game with a strong theme, i.e. it's one of those wonderful balances of game. So yeah, this is something, if you if you like 40k period, this is something you can check out. Yeah. Um, um, Tobin will tell you, I always trust him, trust his opinion on, on bigger, bigger, tougher games, that's his kind of deal, and this is one that is well worth looking into. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've only played it once, and wow, I, I thought it was fantastic. And I mean, you beat me. I, I so far, I haven't, haven't won a game. 
I haven't won a game where we got the rules right. I won one game, but we got the rules wrong. Well, see, <laughs> my recent purchase was Elysium, and I haven't successfully won a game yet against anybody, including including my including my wife's parents. So I took it too. <laughs> I seem to remember that. If that, I that lost had, the game yeah, of this to my folks <laughs> or my wife's folks? parents, yeah, no. my wife's you know, step stepfather and mother. I, I might retire from gaming altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I, I seem to remember, They're though, that's a gaming. theme with you, because I, I remember you, the first time, the first edition, the board game for Game of Thrones came out. Yeah. We had to play that like half a dozen times. You said, I haven't won once yet. <laughs> yeah. It's my game, and I haven't won once. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a little bit different, because you just, everyone, in, in a game like Game of Thrones, not to get a subject here, but a Game of Thrones game, board game, is a diplomacy and... and an um, agreements game. So as soon as someone's ahead, you're just watching knives being sharpened below you. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's all, yeah, yeah we got it, don't worry. Yeah. There, were, there, like, were there were times <laughs> that I would look yeah, over at somebody else at the table and like, but yeah. And you, yeah. you, 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 <laughs> you just get it. that nod back, you're like, yeah, yeah, let's go kill them. And on, on the subject of Game of Thrones, when the main card game turns up, I'm looking forward to those melees. <laughs> <laughs> how, 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 how well are you doing over there as Lannister? Yeah, we got this right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when he pops up as Crown Region, we'll take him. So if... Warning: It is a long game, so we're, you're looking at once everybody knows the rules and is pretty well versed in the rules. You're looking at an hour fifteen, hour and a half per player. So, a four-player game could go six hours. Uh, three-player game is probably three and a half, three to three and a half. Um, but uh, recommended if you have the opportunity. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's about it. And ne again, next time you'll hear from us, we'll be from Gen Con. Uh, John and I will be posting some videos. Um, uh, on our YouTube channel and, and seeing what's not gameplay videos of course just kind of newsy oh this is what we did geeky fanboy videos that's what I'm imagining because we won't have the capacity to record and post that'll be pretty cool you see everybody bright eyed bushy tailed mm -hmm. Thursday mm -hmm. Thursday morning and by Sunday afternoon it's like I've survived <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I'll be coming home I've got some kind of con no, 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 no. you got to get the right version it's, it's, it's late, late on Sunday it's all it's been three days. <laughs> John, I'm not sure where John's gone. <laughs> the last few survivors are dribbling out. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like Scott of the Antarctic conversation down the mic. But our friends from Team Covenant uh, will be there, and so they'll be posting. I'm sure they'll be recording some of the uh, more interesting games, videos from the more interesting games. So I'll, we'll leave that to them and their uh, professional uh, aptitude for that kind of stuff. So, um, but so watch our Facebook page and our Twitter feeds uh, for uh, posting those videos. Yeah. Um, uh, for those of you who are going to be at Gen Con, come find us. For those of you who can't, I'll have to impose a tiny little plug here. If buddy of mine is doing a little thing called Gen Can't, which is a little online hosted deal for people who can't go to Gen Con and still won't get involved. Okay. Um, poke through to the Haunted Game Cafe Facebook. I'll be popping up a little info about that in the next day or two. Um, it's it's um, yeah, like cool. Room. It's a fun little thing because you know only one only like zero point zero one percent of the gaming population can actually go to Gen Con. So the rest of us are well, gonna this get the, involved. This is and probably the only this yeah. the, my first time and maybe my only time I'm ever gonna go. So oh, there you go. Knows. Next year might be the one for me. We'll see. But there you go. Cool. Yep. Thanks to Team Covenant for hosting this Warcast and the Haunted Game Cafe for the recording space. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at traxissectorwarcast at gmail.com, via our Facebook page or Twitter at traxissectorwc, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. This episode was sponsored in part by Rocky Mountain PC. Thanks for listening. Blood, blood for the, the Blood, blood God! God. I remember being sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know that, 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 that I, I...
remember just going, well, that sucks. I have, I think, you I know. Think, I, think, I think we've got a title I of the episode. I think that's the title yeah, of the episode. episode. I, remember I remember being sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>